0: Welcome back, everybody, and Marie and Dr. Jamie. We're back for another episode, and yes, we are. Hello, we're still uh, recording remotely, so bear with us if our sound is not perfect. We're I found a little tiny corner in my house where the signal's super good and it feels very clear. So we hope you guys can hear us <laughs> very well.
1: So I feel like the whole world is operating on like their B level. <laughs> Uh, So we're (laughs) exactly
0: exactly we're making the best of it and I have to say like I always tell you this is one of the highlights of my week getting to talk about what I'm passionate about and hopefully when we release our episodes on Sundays I think um, I would give somebody at least entertainment for a half hour to 40 minutes to like take them away from whatever their worries is and teach them something and help them how to take you know care of their bodies their guts and maybe a little bit of their mind as well so.
1: Wow. It's like an escape from reality. Just yes. listen to us banter, but also sort of yeah, learn a exactly.
0: Because let's yeah, it's the perfect timing to be learning because there's no excuses right now, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> no yes. excuses. So so jumping right in, what are we learning so? Today? I
0: am going to. By the way, guys, we did not prepare this episode at all. I just through this. Which is
1: why I just asked (laughs) Anne-Marie. So
0: I actually wanted to do this one as a surprise to Jamie to catch her which is literally impossible for her not to have the right answers and the information. She's amazing and I'm so happy to have her at my disposal (laughs)
1: 24-7. So we're going to talk about proteins. What do you think? Like protein in our diet. Yes. Or what do you mean?
0: Okay. Like, okay. So this is what I want to talk about. This is one of my favorite things because, and I'll tell you why. A lot of the times, you know, during my crazy like jumping from diet to diet, from like, you know, and, and listening to people tell me what I shouldn't, shouldn't do and what I eat or shouldn't eat. Um. A lot of, a lot of them surrounded had the same topic. well What's going to be your protein? And what I mean by this is like, for example, when I decided to go vegan, people were like. <gasps> how are you gonna get your protein and I go what do you mean and they were like well protein comes from animals and I was like well I'm sure you can find proteins and other things and I was like this is such a good topic because it took me so long to actually understand that you don't only get protein from animals like you can have a balanced diet once again balanced meaning you have to get a lot of things when you do it um, the vegan way but you can do it it's doable so I wanted you to explain like where did the protein word come from? Why is it that we think it's so important in our diet? And also, I want I mean, if we have time, maybe you can teach us a little bit of like, how does the mediator break the protein down in the body? What does the gut do with it? And then what what does the vegan body do with it? So I know I threw a lot at you. So you start you tell me
1: so this is so this is basically going to be like a three part <laughs> uh, podcast here. Um, but You know, the truth is uh, protein is not new. It's not making waves like it never has. It's just that we're all so much more in tune with nutrition and we're all more aware because of how quickly we read and see and assimilate information. But protein has been around forever and it's been an essential part of diets since since the caveman times, right? So um, if we just sort of break down what is protein. Protein is a macronutrient. It is one of the three macronutrients in the body that the body uses. There's carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And protein is an essential nutrient. Um, we, We use it to build. So it's a building block of body tissue. It's a fuel source. It's an energy source. It's crucial or critical in recovery, in um, in function, in so much of sort of the way that we we uh, work in our day to day world. Sort of when I say we work, meaning our bodies work, that you really you can't live without proteins. You cannot make protein on your own like you can't just your body cannot just endogenously make enough of its own protein so it is an essential nutrient that we do need to sort of get from our body Um, it's gained a lot of popularity in the past 10 years because of sort of the movement of lower carb high protein diets because of the mediterranean diet because of the paleo diet because people really got um, smart to the idea that carbohydrates in excess were unhealthy. And so what do we do when we reduce our carbohydrates? Well, predominantly, we increase our proteins. So it's gained a tremendous amount of popularity in the diet and food culture over the past, I don't know, 10 years. But really... There's nothing new about protein. It has been out, it has been here. It's just more marketed and more sensationalized. And we use
0: that word on everything. Protein powder, protein bars, protein this, like everything has the word protein in it. So I feel like to like get you to buy it, you know?
1: So yeah, I mean, listen, protein is found in pretty much every single part of the body. So it's in hair, it's in skin, it's in nails, it's in bones, it's in muscles. Like, you know, it's it's an integral part of who we are. it's, it really, it's part of our blood system. I mean, it's everywhere. So it's not just like, oh, protein. So I can get bigger muscles. Like, no, it's crucial. You know, when you're, when you're in medicine and you're studying in school, the nutrient that is increased when somebody is in a state of debilitation or where they need higher repair. So for example, if somebody was on a burn unit, when you adjust their diet, you adjust it to increase the protein because it is the nutrient that is most crucial in rebuilding and repairing and regrowing. So when someone's in a burn unit and they've got a tremendous amount of caloric need from their injury, we want to make sure that they have actually more protein than any other diet that we would prescribe because of that, because it's so instrumental in how it helps us build and heal. So what
0: exactly is protein? What What's like the scientific like word for protein? Because I feel like, is, is that the right word? Like, what what is it made of? What is the... I'm trying to figure it out, right, because you can find that in, some di- in so many different foods.
1: So the, the scientific word is protein, oh, it is. right, that's okay. the word. Yep, it's, but I think what you're alluding to is what is protein made of. And that's where the trend has picked up on amino acids, yeah. right? So everyone's like, oh, it's not protein that you need. It's amino acids. No, it's protein. A protein is made up of amino acids, so that would be like saying it's not water that you need; it's hydrogen and oxygen. No, not true. It's water. It's water is made up of hydrogen and oxygen. (laughs) So people get all like real fancy, and they're like, "No, you just need amino acids." Well, amino acids are what make proteins. So that when someone says that, it's like, "Okay, sure," but it's really not an argument that's worth. So when everybody
0: says, "Oh, you need 20 amino acids," or that's what amino acids are, like, do you need all of those every day? Like, how does that work? Like, how do you know you have enough protein in your diet on a daily basis?
1: Well, having enough is a variable um, from person to person, right? So there are some people that will consume 40 grams of protein a day, which is very low. And there's others that will consume 240, which is insanely high. And that's a huge spectrum. What your protein needs are wildly dependent on your life, your diet, the other foods that you eat, your goals. But to go back to the amino acids for a second, in your body, you can produce 10 amino acids, what we call endogenously. Means even if you didn't eat them, you would make them on your okay. own. The problem is we need 20 of them. And those other 10 that we are unable to make are made in either plant foods and or coming from animals animal proteins so you're gonna if you were to combine a whole bunch of plants and let's say take a vegan diet if you do it the right way you will get the 10 amino acids that you don't make in your body in enough of a amounts to meet your body's needs so it's not true that a vegan diet is deficient in amino acids it it is true that you need to be more specific in making sure that you get those amino acids but Um, plants can produce the 10 essential amino acids that humans cannot. Now, if you were to eat a piece of beef or pork or chicken, that's going to have all the amino acids. So you don't then have to sort of think, oh, well, you know, did I get the 10 that I need? Um, But in the same fashion that I used H2O makes water, you know, these 20 amino acids make up a complete protein, which our body then uses. Whether you make 10 and get 10 from your plant sources or, or get 20 from the animal products that you're eating, it, it's not, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it always matters. Um, but it's not true that you can't meet your protein needs as a vegan, or you can, or you absolutely can. It really depends on what you're doing, right? So, like. we
0: know that we can get our protein from fish and chicken and turkey and pork, whatever, right? So, what would be like, uh, what would be like your favorite if you say, like, if, if, if this is like non specific, right? Because we don't know if the person's got issues, we don't know like if they can. If they need to avoid beans or they need to avoid broccoli, whatever, what would be like the top five vegetable sources that you would say like, these are great, like uh, sources of those 10 amino acids that you would want to
1: have? Oh, okay. Hmm. So um, definitely a really high, high quality tofu, I think is a phenomenal source. Of course, right? A caveat depends on the person and the history of cancer and blah blah. But a high quality tofu, um, really beans are great. And when you combine them with other foods, you're gonna get that complete amino acid. So uh lentils and beans, um, high quality tofu, that's three. Um, some of our sort of superfoods, if you will, like buckwheat and quinoa are also sources of protein. Now, mind you, I'm not saying they're good sources because they're not like the same as eating a piece of meat but they're sources of protein and when you're craft crafty about sort of getting them in your diet in different places you'll meet those needs um so beans lentils high quality tofu um edamame which is similar to the soy yeah. so soy edamame um seeds pumpkin seeds uh, how do you feel about flaxseed is flaxseed counting to that like if you put so- I, I caution people about flax oil okay I think flax seeds are great yeah. I think flax oil is not so great so flax seeds yes. okay um, chia seeds uh, nut butters almond butter cashew butter peanut butter I mean you get some proteins in there okay um, oh you know what another one uh, hemp is really I love right you
0: know now. I love I put hemp on my milk um, hemp milk in my milk every morning and I also put hemp seeds
1: on top of my avocado toast so And then there's other foods like um, spirulina right now. It doesn't have enough on its own. But if you were making something like, let's say you were vegan and you were making a bowl of like, I don't know, um, steel cut oats, some almonds, some chia seeds, and then spirulina, you're going to get all of those amino acids and you're going to make, if you guys could see me, I'm like air quoting, like complete proteins. And what that means is you're going to you're going to provide those 10 that the body doesn't make. You'll make the other 10 and you're meeting those protein needs. Now, when I say meeting them, I should say, I shouldn't say meeting protein. I should say you're meeting amino acid needs because Meaning protein needs is a measure of grams of protein in your diet. And so that's a little bit different.
0: So when you're saying uh, that example, that you just gave of the steel cut oatmeal and the chia seeds and whatever. So that was one meal. So if you have one complete meal like that, then does that mean the rest of your day? Let's just call your eight to 10 hours of eating during the day, then. Do you relax your like um, awareness of getting those 10 amino acids that you need or do you still need to keep doing those in, in like that type of diet? Or you're like, okay, for this eight to 10 hours today, I got what I needed. Then I can just go eat my veggies and my fruits and whatever other grains that might not be as like heavy protein based. Is that right?
1: No, not necessarily, because in that one example that I gave earlier, um, what I'm saying is that it has some of the essential amino acids, but I don't know that that's enough of those for you. essentials to meet your protein okay. needs, right? So it's also a hard question because if that was your morning meal, but then your afternoon meal was a really high quality tofu and broccoli, and, and then your evening meal was something like, um, let's say,
0: uh, beans, Um
1: yeah, like, like okay, great. Let's say it was like yes. fit, I'm not fit, lentils or beans and rice and and veggies. Like you're getting a lot of different sources of amino acids in there. So um, what that doesn't do though is it doesn't give you an indication of how many grams of protein. So that is very different. When amino acids are the breakdown of the protein, but the grams of protein is. What we look at when we think of somebody's total daily need. Now, I generally would say that a normal functioning adult um, in the 115 to 175 pound body weight range, who's not a professional athlete, who doesn't have any, um, you know, major diseases that would change it, like let's just say like a normal healthy adult, they are going to need 60 plus grams of protein. A day. Okay. So no, of course it's more for the person who weighs more and less. Is for the this for somebody much.
0: that's active exercising as well?
1: Well, that's where I said it's like a normal activity level. Okay. If somebody's sort of like a you know aggressive activity or trying to build muscle and that's very different. But like, you know, then you have to think about okay, so if I had that, you know, bowl in the morning and then I had the um tofu in the afternoon and rice and beans, you may have met all of your essential and non essential amino acids or endogenously made amino acids, but did you meet your grams of protein is a whole nother question. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. Something definitely for people to think about. And I guess everybody can do their own little research and I'm sure you can adjust it, especially if you're like somebody working out and trying to build more muscle, maybe you, and you're like doing all the right workouts and maybe it's not happening. You're like, maybe I need to add more protein. Or if you're building too much, maybe I take it down. I guess it's like we said, this is very individualized. This is just like trying to explain what each one of these things does like especially to me because this is fascinating to me because it's something that I always hear these conversations between the vegans and the non-vegans how are you getting your protein well I get my proteins. you know like it's one of the best yeah. conversations to um, be part of in a life especially you know so- it is
1: and it's also you know it's also why one is not better than the other now I'm sure if we have some like diehard PETA vegans listening they're going to be like yes one is better and you know some sort of paleo rock star is going to say one is better, but like the truth of the matter is like, it's not, there's not like one is not better than the other. It depends on the individual. So for example, I've had clients who've gone vegan, um, and it's an incredibly well, uh, curated vegan diet and they just don't feel great vegan. They just don't. They feel better when there's some form of, of let's say, and whether it's fish or not, um, because whether or not they can meet those protein needs, like I said, they might be getting amino acids, but they're not hitting the needs. Maybe they're not getting 70, 80 grams of protein a day. And then I have other people who go from eating animal-based products to more of a vegan diet, and they've never felt better in their life. And I'm not talking about moral reasons. I'm talking about how we feel in response to the amount that we're eating. Yeah. So, you know, it really does depend. Now, for some people, let's just bring weight into the conversation for a second, because I think it's I think it's a fair argument. There is, uh, for most people, the truth is, the more carbohydrate in your diet, the more difficult it is to control your weight. That doesn't mean that you should be no carb, because I believe everybody should carbs. But what I do find is that for, um, for some people, they need a certain amount of proteins in order to increase their proteins to be able to feel full enough and eat enough to meet their sort of lean muscle goals or their weight goals. Uh, now, Atkins was a very smart man. He was a doctor who came out with the concept of your body really can't store carbohydrates. I'm sorry, can't store proteins, but it can store carbohydrates efficiently. So if you just take out all the carbs, you can eat as much protein as you want. And since we can't store it, you're never going to gain weight. Well, that was a smart concept. It did, it's, not a, it's not a healthy concept, nor is it a good one. But the idea is you cannot store proteins and amino acids in excess so if you're not eating them you become deficient and that is going to affect your energy your weight your sleep your muscle your performance your brain function i mean really quickly so meeting your protein needs is one of the first things you need to check in your diet if you are not feeling great okay Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, I'm actually sitting here just fascinated. Like I'm writing some stuff down because I'm like, wait, I need to like, actually, now I'm going to start rewriting my journal that you're going to start getting all notices. Amory updated her journal. Amory yeah, updated exactly. her journal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be like, am I having enough protein? Am I having enough protein? You know, because it's just, it's one of those things that I cannot believe. I, we haven't discussed earlier on. It's just, it's such a big part of our day and our lives and our body so I'm so glad that we're here yeah, so I right. wanted to ask you just because I'm crazy and I'm fascinated by all of the things our, our body does right yeah I want to like understand um from <laughs> here we go poop talk mm,
1: okay. what
0: happens explain us so you eat this protein and then what happens like we eat it it goes into our stomach we break it and you take it from there
1: Well, it's a lot more complicated than that, but um, digestion starts in the mouth, right, in chewing, and some of the enzymes that we use in saliva to break down foods, Um, and then in the stomach, and then in the intestine, small intestine, and then large intestine. And so the breakdown of protein happens at various different points in the digestive system, but we do require a specific set of enzymes in order to break the protein down into the amino acids and absorb it um efficiently. So when your gut is not functioning, if you have a lot of gut imbalances, then you tend to have poorer digestion. Now interestingly, for most people who have ever done a FODMAP diet or have had SIBO or IBS, it generally is not protein that is problematic Never. for their symptoms. Yep. And that's because it really it is a very specific subset of enzymes and uh, breakdown and absorption, unlike carbohydrates, which are plants and vegetables and fruits and grains, and they're fermentable. So um, the digestion of protein is different. It does require some specific enzymes, which is a reason why some people feel better eating meat and some people don't, right? This is sort of a genetic makeup, whether you want to look at ancestry or genetics or blood type, et cetera. Um, but the concept here is that you know, people will say like, oh, you know, if your gut isn't healthy, then you're not absorbing all your proteins. Well, that's true for anything, right? That's not just not exclusive to protein. The balance of bacteria in the gut is required for us to have a healthy balance of of digestion absorption. But furthermore, if we take that to sort of the next level, um, if your gut is inflamed and now I'm not talking about an imbalance of the good bacteria or the bad bacteria but I'm talking about from a state of inflammation which can be something you know, a lot of different causes it can be um, an IBS, an IBD, it can be reflux but if your gut is inflamed it is true that sometimes the digestion of protein can be a little bit more challenging for the gut and so some people will not feel great um, or feel like they can't digest okay And that may then require them to either cook the proteins or eliminate some of them or take a digestive enzyme. I was just going to
0: ask you because you said that. I was just going to go there next. Digestive enzyme. What are those? That's something you buy? That's a pill? It's a powder? Like, what is that?
1: I mean, enzymes are naturally occurring in our body and in food. So if you're eating pineapple, you're eating bromelain. If you're eating papaya, you're eating papain. Like, they're naturally occurring in so many of our foods. But when we want them in higher doses to act very specifically on digestion processes we find them in supplements we find them in in you know various different pills and supplements now i believe and this is my opinion so um, it's just that it's not necessarily uh, written across the board but i believe digestive enzymes can be a crucial part of healing a gut and can be very influential in helping people absorb i don't think that most people there's a small subset that i'm not talking about but i don't think that most people need or should take digestive enzymes every day because if you do then we're still missing the problem
0: yeah you're just basically like covering the problem that will come out in the long term you're just like it's like a temporary solution basically correct so you just gotta get to the root of the problem. But for so let's say for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Let's say like my favorite thing is like a cheeseburger with French fries and corn on a Sunday, right? Let's just let's just throw that out there. But I know that that bread and that corn and all of that it's just not gonna go great. But I really like it on the way down. So do I? Should I take like can I take a digestive enzyme pill and make it go down sure. easier? Is that like? I mean, I'm not trying to tell people to go have a bad meal and do that. But is that something that would help it break it down and you can enjoy the meal a little better? And like the next day when you go to the bathroom, it'll be like, you know, less damage. Like a banana? (laughs) Like, am I still going to make a banana the next day?
1: (laughs) Um, You know, yes and no. So that obviously depends on the individual. And, you know, if someone really is intolerant or um, allergic to a food, the digestive enzymes not going to help. Okay. If it's just not something that doesn't sit well with you, the digestive enzyme may actually help a lot. I have this running joke that I say all the time, which is like everybody needs to have a bottle of digestive enzymes in their house on Thanksgiving because everybody eats too much. And then an hour after dinner, everybody feels full, stuffed, tired. Um, and so I just hand out digestive enzymes all around. Oh, that's amazing. So, <laughs> you know, and it's like, It will help. But in the case of something like that, like it's sort of like, okay, if I drink too much, can I take Advil the next day to help my headache? Yes, of course you can. That doesn't mean you should always drink too much. It means it can help in that situation. And this is the same thing.
0: Okay. I like that. But...
1: You know, I think the bigger thing with protein is that it's really easy to get persuaded that like you're not getting enough and then what comes in next right after someone convinces you that you're not getting enough protein comes in the product, the protein powders, the protein bars, the protein balls, the protein shots, the I mean, the amount of things that I've seen that are like, oh, meet your protein needs. That is the next thing that follows behind this whole persuasive marketing around you're not getting enough protein. And the truth is that there's a small subset of people who have such high protein needs that they're going to need to take in protein driven foods. Um, but that should never be something that we rely on every day as a staple. It it should supplement and or augment the diet, but I, I really do believe that we want to try and meet our protein needs as much as we can from our food and then supplement where we can. Now, that's not necessarily true for like if someone really loves to do a smoothie in the morning. It's not that they have to do the smoothie because they are adding it to meet their needs, but if they love it and they want to put protein in it so they can have fruit and they can have a nut and it's sort of a well-balanced meal, that's different than like... The person chugging the protein bars and the protein um, drinks after meals to try and increase those those numbers so I just really want people to be aware and mindful that like just because you can supplement it does not necessarily mean you're going to meet all those needs in the best way possible no
0: and also we always promote like having if you can when you can try to have these things naturally occurring. right like have your either your meats your 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 beans, your your veggies. Like, try to have this all in its natural version as much as possible, right? um Obviously, with Always. in the vegan diet, obviously a tofu is not a natural occurring food, so that's a little different. Like, I I for example, like I like tempa which I'm not even sure what's in it, but I know that that a lot of vegans like that. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure if there's a lot of protein in it or not. Um, yeah, there is. So that's just it's just more of like a texture type of like liking right it's just well, like, well, it's
1: just a, it's still soy it's it's in the same family as tofu tempeh edamame they're soy based
0: yeah so i guess it's just more of like a preference like there are a lot of choices out there but for me like i always say like i want to try and avoid anything that's processed anything that didn't come in its original form especially if I'm not feeling 100%, right? Like, especially if I'm healing a gut, that's just me, like Emery. Like, that's the first thing I think, okay, let's try to eat everything not out of a package for now. And if I have to, that's always a backup, but it's not my first choice. So Yeah, I
1: mean, I I hope everybody sort of is influenced by listening to us to increase, you know, unprocessed foods and plant foods in their diet. Um, But, you know, really a lot of people will come in and thinking like oh i need to eat more protein and interestingly many do but a lot of people who are hyper focused on protein are actually getting more than enough protein and they're not getting enough of the vegetables so every single diet again every single one like i am i need like a t-shirt that says this i'm like a broken record Your diet needs to be more vegetables than the sum total of all other foods. I don't care what your grams of protein per day is. You still need more vegetables than the amount of beef or pork or edamame or um, tofu on your plate. You need those vegetables. So that's what balances it out. And that's what provides the fibers and the enzymes to break down the proteins and to poop them out the right way the next morning. And so, you know, when we get hyper-focused on these singular nutrients, we lose sight of what the bigger picture is which is your take home is yes you need protein and whether you choose vegan proteins and then wanna balance your amino acids or whether you go animal protein like the idea still is that it has to be balanced in the context of the vegetables. And then also, are you getting enough protein? Are you tired? Are you not hitting your muscle or lean goal weight? Are you um, exhausted? You know, are you, you, are you full? Are you constipated? Are you getting too much protein? So it, it might help to sort of take an estimate for three days in a row of what your protein intake looks like. And if it's 40 grams a day, you're not getting enough. And if it's 195, you might be getting too much. So I think that it's information that we should all know. Like, what does it look like for me to get 70 grams? Does that feel like a lot? Does it feel like a little?
0: Yeah. This is really interesting. I cannot wait to start counting. I'm very excited. Maybe on the next episode I'll tell you guys what I figured out.
1: (laughs) And everybody's gonna everyone's gonna be a little different. Like I if I'm going to talk about myself in a way that is applicable here I don't feel good when I have a lot of animal protein but I also don't feel good when I have none yeah and that took me a while to sort of figure that out so like you know no secret here I'm obsessed with Siggy's yogurt the way that Anne-Marie is obsessed with siete chips (laughs) I you know <laughs> I literally like it's the thing that I you know and it's. I have saggy yogurts. By the <laughs> way, did you see they make vegans one We just. Found I that. mean, of course. Yes. I'm. I think I'm like the first person on their uh, fan club announcement list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> inbox emails like. I'm I'm alerted to every move they make. Yeah,
0: we have those in the fridge. Those are great. They're super yummy. They're so good but with like,
1: granola and
0: fruit yeah. and oh, super yum. Yeah.
1: You know, and it takes that balance. Like it took me to figure out that like I don't feel good eating a lot of animal meats. I don't feel good having none either. So if I do yogurt and then I have salads for lunch and I have small amounts of you know protein at dinner is when i feel my best now there are other people who are like no i put all my animal proteins in the morning that's when i feel the best and what i love oh my god working. you just
0: took away what i was going to ask you i was like is there is there a time is there a better time than other to have your protein in the day
1: It's totally dependent on the on the individual like i can't eat animal protein in the morning i can't I, it it doesn't sit well with me it um, nause nauseates me Um, Whereas other people like they don't want any animals, animal proteins in the evening. And so it just depends. Um, But, you know, the idea there is that my favorite thing to do with people when I'm working with them is to sort of see how they continuously adjust when they pay attention to their food. I cringe. So anyone listening on this call, I cringe when I ask somebody, what did you eat yesterday? And they say, I can't remember. I'm like, I'm sorry. We're going to sit here until you remember. They're (laughs) like, what? I was like, I'm going to jog your memory. I'm going to ask you everything you did yesterday. Who were you on the phone with? Where did you go? Because if you can't remember what you ate yesterday, we have a really big problem. I want to know what you eat and I want to know how you feel. Now, I don't expect you to tell me what you ate 11 days ago, but every single person listening to this needs to be able to think, oh yeah, I know exactly what I ate yesterday. Because that means you're present and you're aware in the choices that you're making. And then you're going to be able to assimilate how you felt to that.
0: All right. Well- With that, we're going to wrap up and um, this is a great discussion. I'm so happy I brought it up because it answered a lot of my questions and I hope it answered a lot of other people's questions. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more. I already can see a couple of people being like, "Okay, so my kid is going to be vegan now. What am I doing? So we may come back and talk about that and then I feel like
1: it's only fair for us to do the same podcast on fats and then on carbs because yes protein is one of three like macronutrients that we talk about but now you need the 411 on the other two
0: for sure all right so well that's next there you go now you guys know what's coming up (laughs) until the next episode thank you guys again for tuning in and hope you guys are all staying home and safe
1: to be continued take care everybody